You're listening to the Every Student, Every Day podcast with me, Jim Franchini, superintendent of the Averill Park Central School District. So hello and welcome to our latest episode of the Every Student, Every Day podcast. We're excited to have with us today our three elementary school principals, and they're here to talk to us a little bit about their experience uh, this year in the global pandemic and uh, some other aspects of their job and, and what they're doing currently leading our elementary school buildings. So why don't we start and just have our three principals go around the, uh, the room, if you will, we're doing this virtually, and uh, introduce themselves and uh, give a little, a little background. Dennis, do you wanna start? Sure, I can start. Uh, my name is Dennis Simpson. I'm the building principal here at Miller Hill Sand Lake Elementary. Uh, Averill Park has been the only district I've ever worked in, albeit for a, a very short time in Brunswick when I finished up my, my uh, undergrad. But um, I've been in the district since 1996, the first nine years I spent at Algonquin Middle School, and the subsequent 16 years I've been right here at Miller Hill Sand Lake and still loving every minute of it most days. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Dennis. Josh. Uh, my name is Josh Gala. I'm the principal at Post and Kill Elementary School. Uh, and I've been principal here since May 18th. I'll never forget that uh, last year. Um, I've been in education for 17 years, uh, 16 years in this district. Uh, and actually, Dennis is the, uh, the one who hired me in the district <laughs> of Hill uh, 16 years ago. Uh, so I've, I've spent time teaching at Miller Hill, uh, as well as Algonquin, and now I'm here at Boston Hill. Wonderful. And Christina. Hi, I'm Christina Mean. I'm the interim building principal here at West Sand Lake Elementary, and I've been with the district for five years now. M uh, many of the years were up at April Park High School as an assistant principal, and I just recently on March 5th transitioned down to West Sand Lake Elementary. Prior to that, I've been in education for 23 years. So a majority of my years were spent at Niskayuna schools as an elementary educator. I've also worked in middle school and high school, gen ed and special ed. So I have a unique perspective of all the different levels. And I'm super excited to be here at West Sand Lake Elementary as their interim principal. All right, thank you to the three of you for joining us. I know it's a busy time right now. Can we start off by it's having lunch you, recess time? <laughs> can we start off by having you talk a little bit about your own journey from uh, teaching into administration? Like, when did you decide, or how did you decide you wanted to be an administrator, or what made you even get an education in the first place? What kind of led you down that path? I don't I mind starting. Or Christina, Christina, go ahead. I was gonna say, I can go either way. So uh, for me, um, I've always known I wanted to be an educator ever since I was a little girl. I used to play school with my sister and brother. I was the oldest, so I generally got to be the teacher. Um, I also grew up in a family of educators. My mom was an art teacher. My dad was a phys ed teacher that transitioned into administration himself. And my uncle was a music teacher. So education was around me my whole life. Um, I was early acceptance for my junior year of high school. I knew immediately what I wanted to do um, and was accepted at Plattsburgh for my elementary ed with a science concentration. 
and then went right into uh, dual masters for special ed and literacy. I'd say about after 10 years of teaching, I knew that I wanted to have a bigger impact beyond just my classroom. So at that point, I pursued a second master's degree in ed leadership. And that brought me to Averill Park, where I acquired my first administrative position as a uh, assistant principal here. And now at the elementary level, it's like a homecoming. I started as an elementary educator and now I'm back at the elementary level and I'm loving every minute of it. Great. Dennis, how'd you get into this education world? Uh, well, unlike Christina's experience, I do not have a lot of educators in my family. <laughs> um, in fact, I was the first in my family to actually finish college. And, uh, and that was later in life, um, graduated high school and had some growing up to do, I guess you could say. So, uh, so I got a little bit of a late start uh, with my college and that I guess you would consider me more of a non-traditional college student. Um, and so during the, that undergrad experience, um, I would find classmates kind of seeking me out to, to help, you know, navigate the, the schoolwork and so forth. And I guess that's what kind of initiated the whole teacher, educator, instructor uh, in me. Um, again, when I got when I got hired at Algonquin as a sixth grade social studies teacher, uh, Mike Purdy was the principal then, and Mike was very instrumental in, in heading me down an administrative path. Um, you know, encouraging me to seek out leadership positions, whether it be in, in curriculum or so forth. And ultimately, that's the path I chose for my master's degree, and um, and was able to to get it done and and almost immediately transition into an administrative position um, within the district and been doing it ever since. So uh, my past been a little more later developing, shall we say, <laughs> late bloomer. That's a great book, Leo the Late Bloomer, yep. <laughs> so two different paths. Josh, what about you? Uh, well, I guess I would, I would align a little bit more with uh, Christina than Dennis, I think, on this one. Uh, I knew I wanted to get into education. Uh, it was my sophomore year in high school. I was volunteering to coach uh, learn to skate programs, uh, working with young kids, and uh, really kind of enjoyed watching them grow and seeing them kind of pick up the skills as, as we were teaching them. Um, and that really kind of set me on the path for education. Uh, I remember by, by the time I was a senior in high school, uh, the building principal and I had become pretty close, had a good relationship and talked to him a little bit about administration. Uh, and he gave me some good advice about not rushing into the education and, and taking the time to enjoy the teaching aspects. And that was something that kind of stuck with me for a long time. Uh, so much so, and, and I enjoyed teaching so much that uh, I was I was encouraged by, by several folks to pursue my um, my, 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 my degree to become an administrator. Uh, it really wasn't kind of on the radar at that time, uh, but after several conversations, Sharon Lawrence being, being one of them, uh, actually I think she had multiple conversations with me because uh, the first one didn't take. Uh, so it, it took a little bit of encouragement, but uh, overall kind of having been able to experience it at this point, I, I, I'm thankful for that, that time that she, she invested in me to kind of encourage me towards this path. 
And sure, Dr. Frantini, I, I would just like to add that uh, through firsthand knowledge, Josh is and was an excellent teacher. <laughs> Your unbiased opinion as the person I, who we already established who hired Josh many years exactly. ago. <laughs> I think Josh references Sharon, our former assistant superintendent, who I think was well known for many of those conversations and, and tapping people on the shoulder and, and encouraging people to uh, grow and develop. Uh, she was certainly very... Uh, very well, wonderful at doing that. Very um, influential, I think, in many people's career paths. So, Dennis, you've been uh, a principal the longest of the group. How have things changed, you know, not even necessarily this year, but since you started in terms of interaction with students, staff, families, community, or have things really changed at all over the time you've been a principal? Oh, there's been a lot of change. <laughs> a lot, a lot has changed. But, you know, I mean, a lot has changed in the world. A lot has changed in society, you know, family structures and dynamics and, and community dynamics have, have changed. So, you know, again, the, one, of, one of the allures of being in education is the evolution aspect of it. You know, it's, it changes. It doesn't stay the same. If it does, you know, it's going to be a struggle um, because you have to be able to adapt uh, to, you know, changing requirements and, and quite honestly, changing expectations. I mean, you know, the world, you know, again, we got into this with the understanding that we have a responsibility to educate and prepare young people for an adult world. Um, and, and that adult world is changing and has changed significantly in the you know, 25 years that I've been involved uh, in this profession. Um, so, I mean, specifically, I, I think that um, the, the importance of connection and relationships, you know, that's probably been the, the greatest constant of it all. Um, you know, it's certain, you know, it, it takes a village to raise a child was said a long, long time ago, uh, but it's still applicable in 2021 and will continue to be in the future um, you know it's it's definitely a team effort on on behalf of the school team and the family uh and so forth so um to me that's that's been the the most important consistent even as it has changed and evolved the importance of those relationships and those connections so valuable and with that as sort of a segue and Josh and Christina, you both have taken on these roles that you're currently in during the pandemic. And certainly how you would initially reach out and connect with your students and your families, much different now than they would have been if you took that role on a couple of years ago. How have you been able to connect and form relationships with your students and their families during a global pandemic? Well, I guess I can kind of jump in because we were kind of at the height of height of the the closure when when I took this position. Uh, so you know, relationships are everything. Relationships are, are what I relied on as a teacher, uh, and it's something that I I've tried to develop uh, in this current position. Uh, so it was incredibly interesting to try to figure out and navigate a pathway to do that when literally no one was allowed in the building and the buildings were shut down. Uh, no teachers, no staff no parents, no students. Uh, so it was very, it was very, very challenging. Um, you know, like everybody else, uh, it was, it was kind of an uncomfortable and, and an unknown and we were utilizing a significant amount of technology to try to 
foster and, and build and develop relationships. Uh, so we certainly did that in a variety of ways when, when we first came on. Um, you know, once we were fortunate enough to be able to come back in the fall, you know, it was it was still challenging to kind of develop that. You know, unfortunately, we're not able to to allow parents into the buildings this year, and and there there's certain challenges that that come with that. Um, but just trying to be open and visible, and you know, there's not a there's not a lot of uh, advantages to to being short staffed at times. Uh, one of the few is that. Uh, I've been able to cover a lot of lunch and recesses over the course of this year uh, because of that. And those are really kind of ideal times to kind of get to know students. And as far as parents go, it's it's really just finding those opportunities. I've spent, you know, a lot of uh, uh, parent pickups and parent drop-offs, you know, uh, helping support kids and, and and getting my face in front of parents and, and kind of trying to build that uh, connection through that. And, but it, it's not easy. It's, it's definitely a challenging time to, to do that. And Christina, how about you? Uh, the newest member of the <laughs> crew here. Yeah, I agree with both of my colleagues on many of those aspects. I mean, in science, they say the only thing constant is change. And with that, I think it's an opportunity for us to embrace the challenge and push ourselves to trying new things as Mr. Gellis spoke about as well. Um, so becoming a principal during a pandemic has pushed me to be more creative in ways to be able to connect with my students and families. Um, being visible is paramount for fostering those connections both in and out of a pandemic. So I am out and about in the mornings to greet students, visit the classrooms throughout the day. Um, also have had the opportunity to be able to sub or fill in for a multitude of staff in my time here already. So it really has allowed me to have boots on the ground and get to know our students firsthand through those opportunities. Um, the other piece is being out at dismissal where you can meet parents at the parent pickup or meeting the bus drivers that are taking the kids home and seeing our kids off, being that smile that they see when they arrive and when they leave is critical for you know fostering that positive culture. In addition to traditional communication venues of like sending newsletters and email blasts, I also held a virtual coffee talk for West Sand Lake families where I could get to know them and a lot of the virtual families attended that. I've also um, been able to join my virtual teachers. I've joined their classes to introduce myself to those students because making those connections with those kids to me was an important thing as I transitioned in as well. And then you have your typical ways of uh, still connecting with folks like the PTA. You do that through a virtual venue this year instead of in person and parent conferences we've done virtually versus in person, but we're still doing those traditional um, connection moments just in a different way. But one thing I definitely have to stress is having recently transitioned to West Sand Lake Elementary, the students, families, faculty, and staff gave me such a warm, supportive welcome. It's uh, truly been a special place to join, and I've loved every minute of it and look forward to the rest of our time together for this school year. Great. Thank you. So... You know, we're more than a year into the pandemic, and we know that our students have missed out on uh, 
many things, many things that we kind of consider normal and might have taken for granted in the past. What are some of the things that you think have been missed the most by yourself, by your, your faculty, your staff, your students? What has been the, the biggest, most missed events, Dennis? I would say probably the opportunity to bring everybody together for those school-wide assemblies, those, you know, those building initiatives that, that are, you know, empowering and enjoyable. Um, you know, the, it, it's definitely been impactful, uh, no doubt. You know, again, you know, when we closed last March, uh, it was done so for the right reasons, for the health and safety of our, of our school community and greater community. Um, and, and not shortly thereafter, everybody was missing everybody. You know, the adults were missing adults, adults were missing the kids. Um, and, and to be able to, to get back together physically um, was great. But again, th there were definitely um, a lot of things that were you know, not able to continue to happen. And, and I would say those opportunities to bring the whole school community together and really feel like a community, even if it's for a 15 or 20 minute assembly. Um, that's that's been one of the, the the tougher things to swallow. Especially in an elementary school, those group gatherings are so important in terms of establishing and building that culture and that community. And I I noticed uh, as watching the screen when you said that both Christina and Josh immediately nodded. Would the two of you agree that those are those are some big things that we're missing, those assemblies and those group gatherings? I agree. Um, and it's the little things too, the birthday celebrations and the staff celebrations that, you know, they used to do more traditionally, um, finding new ways to have those moments that are COVID compliant, if you will, has been a challenge. But um, definitely having those big, large group assemblies where you have that energy and that culture and, and excitement and uh, the older kids modeling for the younger kids, all those things that you had in a non-COVID environment are truly nice. Yeah, and, and, I, and I agree. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, when we think of, of schools, we think of communities. And, you know, I, I, think, I, I think we would all like to compliment the teachers on doing a fantastic job of, of building a sense of community within those classrooms. I think the advantage of, of some of those uh, assemblies is that, that you get to bring the larger school community together and kind of see your place of each of our buildings as a whole. And I think that's really kind of uh, been, been missed. You know, I think we've all uh, made it to try to, to develop that and support that. It's, it's just a little bit harder in our current settings when you can't actually physically do that, um, you know, but, you know, I think we all continue to try and, and strive for that and, you know, look forward to the, the times when we're able to, to do that again. Absolutely. We've talked a lot internally about how the students have risen to the challenge time and time again uh, during this, as we always say, unprecedented time. What are some things that have surprised you the most about the way our students have reacted to this new normal, this learning environment that they're in? 
Josh, you want to start us off on this one? Uh, sure. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that we, we always kind of keep, have to keep in mind when in this profession is, is the resiliency that our, our students have. Um, and, you know, I think in, in no other terms, that, that's kind of what has really been highlighted for me this year. Our students have done a fantastic job. They've, I mean, it's a, it's a different learning environment. And, and this, honestly, it goes not just to the students who are in our buildings, but also to our virtual students who are, are home and learning and, and dedicated and committed to, to the schedules that they have too. To our students who are in our buildings, you know, they're committed to, you know, the, the safety protocols of keeping, you know, their, their peers safe and their teachers safe and our staff safe. You know, they've, they've been incredibly resilient and, you know, they've really kind of really stepped up to the plate and done a, a fantastic job. So, I mean, um, I imagine that that sentiment will kind of be echoed here that we're just all very impressed with, with what our students have been able to accomplish um, and, and have done it with smiles behind their masks, so. <laughs> I would echo that for sure, Josh, that their resiliency and their flexibility, because we are in an ever-changing landscape Things are constantly shifting, and I think that's a testament, again, to what they're seeing and what's being modeled for them from our faculty and staff, too, is that things change, and sometimes maybe we don't always like those changes or are tired of those changes, but we persevere and we're resilient and flexible together. And um, I've seen it time and time again, and our kids are still so empathetic towards one another. I guess that's another piece that I've seen that um, they're still, they're friends and they're still helping each other out. And when one is down, they're still lifting each other up in ways that are still compliant with all our COVID regulations, but they're still there for each other. And I think that's important to recognize as well. And you've seen that, Christina, now at two different levels during the course of this. Right. So yes. you're, you're yes. with the, our oldest kids on, on one end of the spectrum, our ninth through 12th graders, and now with our youngest in the K-5. And I assume that's something you've seen um, in both areas, both buildings. It transcends K to 12 for sure. Dennis, what are your thoughts on this one? This, this is a, an uncharted experience for everybody. I mean, none of us have ever been through this before, uh, not the least of which the students and the the fact that they've been asked and required to do things that are so not typical and in some ways abnormal for their growth and development um, and and they've they've complied and they've followed what it is you know the path that that the teachers and and quite frankly their their families have laid out for them um, I've been impressed since the first week of school, to be to be honest, in regards to again the resiliency of the students, but how they how they've truly stepped up. Um, you know, I think going into this, nobody thought that a child could wear a mask for six hours, and and nobody thought that kids could be six feet apart and and you know be able to function because it just doesn't feel natural. But uh, but they have been and. Again, it's it's a it's a testament to them. It's a testament to the teachers and the staff, uh, and and to their families. And you know, I knock on wood. I, I I think we've done an exceptional job at the elementary level. 
in terms of um, you know establishing safe environments and 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 providing those safe environments in an educational setting uh, on a daily basis. Um, but you know the the kids are excited to come to school. Um, they're excited to be here, even with all the restrictions in place. So um, again, kudos. Absolutely. And it is something we've seen throughout the spectrum that K-12, uh, it's one thing that's been very consistent. All right. Tell us a fun fact that people might be surprised to learn about you. What's something that people don't know about our elementary school principals? We'll give you a second to think about that one. We picked on <laughs> Josh last and made him go first. Christina, you're up. Fun All right. Fun facts. Well, of my former life, if you will, I um, sang professionally and DJed for years. So uh, that's a fun fact for me. And I've been in Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus twice in my life. So, wow. First grade and junior in high school. So <laughs> the ones were my lucky charm, I guess. Wow, that's a tough one to top. <laughs> fun fact that's uh, as interesting as being in the circus. Yeah, Madison Square Garden, first grade. Wow. <laughs> At the garden. Big leagues, yeah. Was was that to me? Yes. Yep. No, I got nothing. I, <laughs> I got nothing. I was gonna say I can't follow that, so that's definitely going to death. My my wife will tell you that every day is a circus with me. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I, I guess again I'd go back to the beginning of of the somewhat non-traditional path. I, you know, graduating from high school, I, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to be and do. So I bought a Jeep, moved out to Colorado and was a ski bum for a couple of years. Um, did a lot of growing, a lot of learning about myself and realized that uh, as as wonderful and alluring a uh, ski bum life in your early 20s is, it's not a future. <laughs> so um, so I, I guess that is somewhat interesting. <laughs> Hey, and it's stuck with you because you're still a pretty avid skier, Dennis. So there you go. There you, you go. Exactly. You haven't lost your roots. <laughs> What's a Josh Gella fun fact? Uh, well, no circus for Josh, but uh, <laughs> I guess a fun fact. Uh, so throughout high school, I played hockey at a, at a pretty high level and, um, you know, actually – there's a handful of guys that I played with growing up um, that went on to either be, you know, pretty successful at the minor league levels or in European or some of them actually even made it to the NHL. So I think that's probably the most fun fact about, about me. It's a little hockey background. That's, those are, uh, those are interesting. Very nice. So to, to um, end our podcast, we ask all of our guests the same question. Uh, as you certainly know, our mission statement and our name of our podcast involves every student every day. So what does that mean to you? What does every student every day mean to the three of you? Dennis, we'll kick it back to you to start us off on this one. Um, well, you know, ever since I decided that education would be 
my calling and, and my life's work, um, it's been about that. It's been about every student every day. You know, they deserve my best um, effort and, and commitment to them, compassion, understanding. And, you know, I've been blessed uh, both in my experience at Algonquin and here at Miller Hill Sand Lake to, to work with other adults uh, who, who share that same passion and commitment to, to children. I mean, we have a tremendous responsibility. In my opinion, parenting is the only responsibility greater than what we've chosen to do, um, which is to, you know, again, help young people develop into um, adults and, and the best that they can be. So, you know, every day, you know, every student, every day. Um, I'm, I'm going to quote Mr. Gella here, actually, because, <laughs> you know, uh, good, better, best is, is a, a mantra that as a teacher, Josh used to always uh, impart to the to the children. And, um, you know, I it's 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 powerful and it's influential. So um, we have to we have to give our best every day if we're going to improve and if we're going to, you know, expect the children to, to do their best. Um, and that's ultimately that's all we that's all we ask of them. You know, be the best you that you can be. You know, to to the world you're one person, but to one person you're the world. So that's that's what it means to me. It's a good one, Dennis. And I'm actually going to actually another fun fact, uh, bonus fun fact for for Mr. Gellar. Still <laughs> that from Dr. Francini. Uh, I Dr. Francini was the academy director of. Uh, the charter school that I started my career at, uh, and I stole that line from him. So <laughs> I appreciate the credit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it on to the Dr. Francini. So that's right. I'm pretty sure I took it from someone else. So, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope they're not listening. So. <laughs> uh, every student, every day, to me, uh, you know, I I pursued this profession. Uh, because you know, I believe in the in the in the potential and the power of students and kids. Um, you know, their ability to grow and flourish and learn um, and overcome has been something that has always been, um, you know, dear to my heart. You know, I, I I love I love working with with students. I love watching them grow. To me, every student means that we we are looking at 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 them as individuals. You know, we are we're part of a larger system. Um, but in the day-to-day, -day, we are we are working with individual students, individual families, um, and that's an incredibly important uh, role to play in 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 someone's life, um, and and they deserve the best of that. And I think the only way we can truly give them that best is when we look at them as individuals. You know, they, every student in all of our buildings has their strengths and their weaknesses, their challenges, um, and things that that they have to face and overcome. Uh, and the only way we can help support them to reach their full potential is to every day dedicate ourselves to, uh, to giving them our, our best um, and supporting them so they, they, can, they can be their best. Great. Thank you. And Christina, we'll let you wrap it up. <laughs> every student, every day. Uh, I look at it from a variety of lenses, I guess, as a mom of a student in this district, as an educator that 
has worked with our upper deck at the high school all the way down to these wee little ones at the elementary level is our role is to help every student every day find their passion, find what it is that they love to do and is gonna make their heart happy. So as they grow and transition out of our system that they can be productive in life and have a rich, fulfilling life with whatever career path they choose. And they may need our help and guidance along the way to get them there and to, at this level, find that spark and see those little glimmers and foster those up through the ranks so that when they're at that high school level, they can really delve deep into those passions and go on those trajectories. Because we have such an array of offerings here at April Park School District that there is truly something for everyone. And it's just steering them on the path along their journey to find those connections. Outstanding. Uh, I thank all three of you. Uh, the pace right now is somewhat frantic. So to uh, take some time out of your day like this, uh, I really appreciate the, uh, the moments that you spent with us. I hope our audience will enjoy this as well. Uh, I know, again, things right now are very busy, as always, and uh, it's nice to kind of sit down and actually talk for 30 minutes and then reflect a little bit and think about what we do every day and why we do it. So thank you to three of you for joining us. And uh, we hope folks will enjoy this as much as I did. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. See you next time on Every Student, Every Day. Thank you.